0: Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser.
1: Elevate Nation, welcome back. I want to thank you so much for being here. I'm Tyler Chesser and we have an absolutely outstanding guest with us today, Gino Barbaro. Gino, thank you so much for being with us. Tyler, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, my friend. And uh, I just want to welcome Elevate Nation back because today we're absolutely taking it to another level. I have no doubt about that. And, and I want to welcome you back to the show because our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best are raising the bar professionally, personally, to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And today is certainly a master class because we're with a master, Gino Barbaro himself. And really what we're looking to do is we're looking to achieve uncommon results, purposeful outcomes for, you know, the people that are important to us, you know, through real estate investing and ultimately in our life, but we've got to do that, you know, through building systems, through cultivating our own mindset and, um, you know, so on and so forth. And that's really what we're going to be diving into today with Gino. And I want to tell you a little bit about Gino. But before I do that, I want to remind you, if you're appreciating what we're doing here on Elevate Podcast, we would certainly appreciate if you subscribed and gave us a rating and also a review, you know, we'd certainly uh, appreciate a five star review because that helps us reach our message to more people. And um, you know, with that, um, definitely want to dive in here. So let me tell you a little bit about Gino. So Gino Barbro is an investor, business owner, and entrepreneur. He has been realist- investing in real estate for 15 years and grown his multifamily portfolio to over 1,400 units in just six years and over $90 million in assets. He has teamed up with Jake Stinziano to create jakeandgino.com, a real estate educational company that offers coaching and training in real estate investing. He is the best selling author of Wheelbarrow Profits, and Gino is a graduate of IPEC, the Institute of Professional for Professional Excellence in Coaching, and is a certified professional coach. He is the author of the best selling cookbook, Family Food and the Friars, and he currently resides in Florida with his beautiful wife, Julia, and their six children, Gabriella, Michael, Sophia, Veronica, Cecilia, and Laura. And to learn more about Gino, visit his website, Jake and Gino or GinoBarbaro.com. And so Gino, uh, you know, very impressive bio, of course. And, and it's been great to really get to know you over the past uh, few months this year. And, and, you know, been great to kind of watch you from afar as well. I mean, you guys are doing big things. But tell me a little bit more about Gino as a man kind of behind, behind the bio. You know, what, what, what really
0: makes you tick and, and what, you know, what, what's your background been like? Well, Tyler, we were just talking before camera. I think me, and you're both uh, entrepreneurs, right? I think that's what makes us a little different. And that, that E word is, is becoming dirty now in, in our society, which is a little scary to me because entrepreneurs, we make enough money to pay for our mistakes. That, that's the first part of being an entrepreneur. We're making a lot of mistakes. We have uncertainty just like a W2 job, but I think we have a vision, right? Um, We don't wanna change that vision. We're obviously gonna pivot and change the course to get to that vision. I think Jeff Bezos says that really well. Um, And I've done that a couple of times in my life. I had a restaurant for over 20 years. I really liked it for the first 15 years. Then in 2008, my father passed away. I was, you know, since a child working with him. I love the business. I like working with him. It was just great. Uh, 2008 comes the great recession. It doesn't only just affect real estate people. Everyone talks about foreclosures. It affects the entire economy. So I know a lot of people out there are working harder, making less money and not just feeling fulfilled anymore. It's not about just paying the bills. I was conditioned as an immigrant to say, work hard, and it worked 30 years ago, work hard, you're going to get rewarded. But now the new economy with leverage and with the internet, you really have to leverage your time. You have to leverage your money. You have to leverage your resources if you're going to make a sustainable you know, living. And actually, it's not just about making money. It's about really contributing, giving back. That's why we created the Jake and Gino platform. That's why we created the syndication company to you know, help investors get in and make money with the investors. But for me, uh, the biggest thing I think that that I did in my life that gets myself going was to get some clarity. I went to coaching school for personal development. I'm one of those guys that, like you, takes it to the max. I don't want to just read a book. I want to really want to dive into it. So the life coaching, if anybody's out there, they have so many life coaching programs online. You don't have to do what I did. Go online. You have to know what the empowering question is. You have to know how to build rapport. You have to know what kind of listening there is, whether it's, you know, being there intuitive listening, active listening. You have to learn all of these skills for a business person because once you start hiring and you start managing people, it really is all about communication. I just had a little communication session with my wife a few minutes ago. If you don't communicate, you don't really listen to what's going on. For instance, if you have a tenant, an attendant comes in the office, a resident we call them, and they start screaming at the at the. Uh, property manager. They're really not mad at the property manager. It's what's going on in their lives. So you're there to listen and to champion them and say, you know, what can we do to get the problem solved? So coaching school gave me clarity on what I wanted to do. I didn't want to just pay the bills anymore. I didn't want to be in the restaurant anymore. My next step was I wanted to create a real business. I wanted to help people out. And that took the form of going from Gino's family, which was a company that we did product sourcing in China. We had the cookbook. We were doing uh, cooking videos with our kids. We transitioned that into buying buying multifamily with Jake back in 2013. We bought our first deal. Um, Was I lucky? Probably luckiest in the world starting at that time. There were no There was a lot of money, Tyler, but there were no deals out there. I'm sorry. Let me say the opposite. There were a lot of deals out there, but there was no money. No one was syndicating out there. And uh, rates for one beds were 350. I mean, cap rates were low. There was a lot of risk out there. The economy was growing at 1%. So everyone says, oh, well, now the market's hot and there's no deals. Well, it was the opposite back then. There was a lot of risk back then because you know, you're going into an uncertainty, and, and multifamily was not the hot the hot ticket back then. So we were taking a lot of risk back then. So that gave me clarity to say multifamily. And then when, once we had our, you know, 200 units we scaled up within the first year, we were able to hire property managers. And then it dawned on me, wow, I can create a real business for multifamily. I can actually implement systems that I've always wanted to do my entire life. I want to hire people that I can hire and we can start multifaceting. We can start doing a little education company. We can have property management in-house and we can have these investments. And that was the beginning of multifaceted. Now I know that was a long-winded answer and I went off topic, but just to, just to set the table for what multifamily can do for you. If you think of it as a business and there's so many different ways of getting into it, you don't have to buy your own deal. You can figure out what you really like to do. Do you like to raise capital? Do you like to run day-to-day operations? Do you like to be out there with a social media presence and helping others find deals? There's so many different ways of getting in the business. Do you want to become a realtor, a broker like Tyler and get in that way? Do you want to become an underwriter and get in that way? There's so many different ways of getting into this amazing industry. Gino,
1: I love that because, you know, really, you're kind of diving into, you know, what took you there. I mean, obviously, sometimes when you look back on your life, there's dots that are connected that you didn't really realize it at the time. But now as you kind of look back into your journey, it makes a lot more sense than I'm sure it did at that at that time. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it sounds like you were able to follow your curiosity in different ways in terms of, you know, coaching school and learning about empowering questions and intuitive listening and from there kind of diving into, well, what makes more sense professionally as well? And so I'm curious, you know, I know that your background, your professional background, is in the restaurant business Mm -hmm. Um, and then beyond that, obviously you guys have blown up so much on, on the multifamily, um, you know, syndication as well as education. So I'm just curious as to, you know, you as a person and as a professional, like when did you draw a line in the sand and say, look, I'm not, I'm not, going to live a common life I'm committing to uncommon results you, you mentioned in, in what you just said there that you went to coaching school for personal development you wanted to you wanted to go all in you wanted to up level you know completely so when was there a specific moment or was it a process to get to that point
0: a couple of stories so in 2008 was the Great recession 2011 I'm sitting there I'm, I meet Jake and Jake's like I'm moving out of New York going to Knoxville. Let's look, start looking for our first deal. Took us 18 months to find our first deal. February, 2013, we close on our first deal, 25 units. Three months later, we close on a 36 unit deal. And that's when things started changing for me because all I wanted to do was dabble. I wanted another couple thousand bucks a month. I was thinking small like most of us do. I was afraid. I didn't know the possibilities. My good fortune was I had a real estate coach. I had a real estate mentor. I had spent a lot of money on my education and I had a lot of pain. There you are know, the two types of motivation Tony Robbins talks about moving towards pleasure, which is what I'm doing right now, or moving away from pain, I always had that locked into me going, I don't want to continue to do this. And it's funny, I was on a property tour a couple weeks ago on a Friday, 5 o'clock, 100 degrees in Jacksonville, and there's a ton of traffic. Do I have to be there? Not really, but I'm there with the, co- with the student, and the student says to me, I can't believe you came. And I said, very simply, I don't want to go back to the restaurant business. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to get better. So I will do whatever it takes to get better, to learn. So it's really important that you do that. Um, Back in 2014, late 2014, I'm sitting in my shed at the restaurant. I'm on the phone with Jake. We're negotiating an $11 million deal. No money down deal. This is the deal that's going to change my life. And I'm putting away containers in the shed I'm rearranging my shed area and I'm saying to myself I'm doing eleven dollar an hour work here and I'm negotiating 11 million dollar deal there's something wrong with this scenario washing dishes and that really pissed me off because I didn't know and I couldn't understand until you get to the point of there are generating you know duties that you need to do and there's ones that you don't need to do and I wasn't focusing on those that were generating the revenue and I at that point that was my sticking point I said that's it I'm done uh, that point in my mind, I said to myself, I'm going into real estate full time. It took me another year to do that because then I went to coaching school in the whole year of 2015. And then I want people to hear this. You don't have to jump ship. You can take it in baby steps. Because what I did was in October of 2015, I told my brother, my partner, I said, I'm going to stop working at the restaurant during the week. I'll work on the weekends. So I was working Monday through Friday, doing real estate, getting podcasts, writing blogs, Underwriting deals, going down to the market with Jake for five months, and you know, obviously, my wife wasn't wasn't happy, wasn't thrilled about it. But I said, "Hey, I need to do this for my confidence." Six months later, in March of 2016, March first, I said to my brother, "I'm quitting." And people didn't understand how I could do this. I've got six kids. I've got big overhead. I don't know what I'm doing. They knew Gino, the pizza guy. They didn't know Gino, the multifamily investor. I wasn't identifying yet as a multifamily investor, which is important. People need to have a great environment, which is what I had. I had Jake and I had my partner, Mike, and they need to have a great sense of their identity, right? My identity was still a pizza guy and I was shedding that going into the multifamily Investor, and what an identity allows you to do. Think about it. It's from the book Atomic Habits. If you identify as an as a multifamily investor, what does a multifamily investor do? They underwrite deals. They call brokers. They lock down deals. They're talking to all different all different vendors. That's what they do. If you don't identify as one, you won't take those actions to become one. So that was the light bulb for me. Once I did that and I went in full time, everything else just fell by the wayside. And I said, okay, let's focus on multifamily. And from there, I was able to do Jake and Gino full time and Jake was able to actually run the portfolio full time. So we had our designated areas and they overlapped, which is really cool because you have a student, student, we can teach the student property management, right? The property management is awesome. Now if we have a student, if they want to learn about syndication, I can teach them syndication, but they can also invest in our deals to learn. You can earn and learn at the same time. So that symbiotic relationship really took hold. Now it doesn't happen overnight. It took us a couple of years to work through the kinks, to underwrite these deals, to get these deals done and to learn the process. But I mean, from a little 25 unit property to what we have now, it hasn't taken decades. It's taken five or six years. That's all it's taken. taking a vision, it's taking a great team, and it's just taking the the ability to commit and figure it out. You just have to commit to something and then say to yourself, you know what, I can pivot. Don't be afraid to pivot, right? That's what everyone's afraid to. I mean, Josh, you know Josh, he gets afraid every time he sends out an email. I'm like, dude, just send the email out. If it's bad, if it doesn't work, if a link is broken, it's okay. Send out another email. But if you never send that email, if you never take that shot, you'll never score. And that's where I see a lot of people being afraid. They're afraid to call a Tyler Tresses the world to pick up. A lot of my students are afraid to pick up the phone and to call the broker. Be yourself. Make the mistakes. Tyler will love to talk to people that are really engaged and really want to learn about real estate, really want to learn about the market. But if you never pick up that phone, you'll never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you
1: cannot be afraid to make a mistake because you're inevitably going to make so many mistakes. I mean, it's, it's (laughs) unbelievable. And you know, one thing that I learned earlier this year, I went to Tony Robbins, Unleash Your Power Within. It's all about, taking that first step and letting the momentum carry you through mm-hmm. like you walk on fire barefoot you do not want to take that first step let me just tell you because yeah. okay every bad thought is going through your mind my feet are going to burn what am I doing this is the stupidest thing I've ever done but if you take that first step and you envision that outcome you visualize mm-hmm. what what's what's all the good things that are going to happen during mm-hmm. this time you know and yeah. you don't have to think on you know what are the bad things that could happen because where focus goes energy flows right if you throw what are the bad outcomes that could happen, then of course, you know, then that's what may happen for you. So, um, so I love that. And and also I love the thought of identity. I mean, you've got to cultivate the appropriate identity because whether you believe in yourself or not, you know, it shows up. I mean, it really does show up in, in how you show up and others are going to feel that energy. And so I mm-hmm. think that's really, really important. So uh, you know, kind of fast forwarding from there and from, you know, kind of your launch into this business, I'm curious, you know, what have you been, what's an example of how you've raised the bar recently uh, in your business to elevate, you know,
0: your all's results? So I've really been learning a lot more on how to teach students. And, and it's all like students getting their first deal. So, you know, we've come up with one of my coaches, what he calls the three pillars of real estate. And, and it's, for, it's for residential and for commercial, the three pillars of real estate. Everyone needs to learn these, their, their market cycle exit strategy, and debt. Just like our our three-step framework of buy right, manage right, and finance right. You know, there is a strategy. You have to know what part of the cycle you're in. Because if you're in this type of cycle, you're not doing a really heavy value add right now where value is going to come down unless you have long-term debt and you're able to weather the storm. Right now, syndicators might get caught. They might do that big heavy value add. And they're ready to flip in the next 24 to 36 months. Market might not be there. Know what your market is. Your exit strategy is always your goal, your plan, your vision. Be able to pivot with that. Be able to say, you know what? if I can't sell in 24 months I can hold on and go weather weather the storm and it's important to learn the different debt instruments Debt is constantly changing so that's why I love rain capital even if we don't make any money on it don't let Jake know I don't care if we don't make money on it because what's great about it is we're locked into what's going on in the market and we're constantly learning because things are constantly changing which is which is really awesome and you know what we did is we, we ripped off the band-aid last year in November we had not done any syndications we were fortunate I don't know how but we were fortunate enough to buy a thousand units on our own so the first thousand units of our portfolio is me Jake and my partner Mike Um, we had been able to refinance over nine million dollars from our portfolio and just keep repurposing repurposing now the majority of our assets from Tennessee we're buying a 30 to 40 a door now they're worth 70 to 80 so that luck where we were buying in the right part of the market cycle to do that we can still refine roll we've got a deal we bought in December we've got a deal we bought a year and a half ago in December we can refine roll those we will once they're stabilized but right now it's a little bit harder to refine this, this part of the market so just know what you're buying you're buying a much better quality asset than buying a C property so knowing that so in November what we learned was we need to rip off the band-aid we need to commit to doing a syndication so we got our first syndication this November we went through the entire process think big start small it was a six million dollar deal it was a two and a half million dollar raise um, we had never done one before but we had a big investor platform we brought on our partner Dylan Marma, to head up the head of investor relations at Ram Partners because you need that because I can't call 600 investors and be on a phone with them and create a substantive relationship while I'm running Jake and Genome. Jake obviously can't do that. So you need to be able to compensate to bring, bring people on and show them the vision. So he walked into a great uh, great situation. We gave him a great situation and he's a great guy. He's doing an amazing job. So on that deal, we probably could have bought it internally um, but we, we syndicated it. So we found, learned that whole process, the whole process of having to open up your LLC quick, having to get those documents in quick, the timeline of syndication, getting a great syndication attorney on board, You working with CrowdStreet as a platform now dealing with investors, that's a whole new process for us. So, like I said, we committed. We were able to raise two and a half million dollars in two days, which was which was awesome. Uh, But it was just the quality of the deal. It was a mom and pop deal that we found off market, and we had been going for a couple months back in Louisville and Lexington. One finally fell in our lap. When you hear the word "fall in your lap," that really means you're working your ass off and things work out for you. That's the only thing. That's that's what that means. I have a lot of students who say that to me, and nothing falls in your lap. The harder you work, the luckier you get. That's the bottom line. And you know, we did our first deal in November. We closed on that. One thing I learned is to be really transparent with your investors. That first deal, we held monthly webinars. We're on month nine webinar every month. We do an update with the with that with that uh, property. And what's great about it is it's completely transparent. We're using it as education for our students. Recording the webinars, showing them how to speak to investors. Our investors love it. And um, from there, we were able to pitch or present other opportunities inside that webinar. So we closed our second syndication in April, Louisville, and now we're closing our third one now in Lexington in the next couple of weeks. So it's been a really good transition. Syndication is one tool in the toolbox. It doesn't have to be your only tool. You can do owner financing, you can buy your own deals, you can raise for other people. So there's so many different tools in that toolbox. I mean, syndication is an awesome tool though. It's Right now it's, it's a good strategy for us and we're gonna to continue to employ it.
1: What I'm so impressed about is just how, you know, how much <laughs> I guess action you take? I mean, how much massive action? Because, you know, there's so many people that I observe in the real estate business in particular that, you know, they follow their strategy and they follow it for decades and decades. And of course, that can work for many people, but they're not they're not in a position where they pivot nearly as much as you. So I want to commend you for that. And, you know, I want to commend you also for taking absolutely massive action. I think the definition of that word is probably redefined by what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, not only through starting syndications over the past year, but also bringing in a massive amount of students and and really building a platform that's got such such huge um, exponential opportunity there. And so, but one thing I am curious on the thought of taking massive action is obviously you've got to you know you've got to really do so many different things and you've got to be consistent. You've got to be persistent. But also at the same time, I'm curious. You know, during that process or perhaps in other periods of growth in your business, what have you had to say no to, and and how have you Um, you know, what type of strategies have you been able to employ in, you know, saying no to certain opportunities or certain processes?
0: That's part of our problem, right? But I think the acronym focus follow one course until successful is really important. That's how you take massive action. Because if you're looking at single family homes, and you're looking at multis, and you're looking at self storage, and you're trying to take massive action, all three of those, that's going to be a problem, you're not going to really be successful in any one thing, you really need to chunk down, you really need to dive down into whatever niche, you're focused on. That's the first thing. So I really learned multifamily in the beginning. I learned why it was awesome, and like I said, I got lucky that part of the cycle we're still buying now so um, as far as you know taking that massive action know what you want know what you're focusing on if you ask somebody and ask them what they want the majority of people will tell you what they don't want and I was there too I don't want the restaurant well that's not an answer I'm not asking you what you don't want what do you want that's important for you to become clear on that because then once you can map it out and you you need to spend time on yourself that's what coaching allows you to do we can get on a call me and you in the next hour I can flesh out what you want for the next six months to give you clarity and pull that out um and people don't want to i don't want to use spend but people don't want to invest time and money into that because it's hard work it's really hard to dive down and say man what do i want i didn't know what i wanted now i'm creating this monster right now did i really want that i think intuitively i did i wanted to create a business i wanted to scale up and create these systems and i don't ever want to stop working i thought the word retirement was yeah you know what you have a portfolio a thousand units You're done that that crap gets played out man that you get bored after a while and you get restless it's not about making money money's not the cause it's the result and that's what people the average w-2 employee thinks about and I've heard it from so many people if I just make a little bit more money I'll be okay and it's not it's not going to make you okay because then you make more money and you spend more money. So that is that is faulty. As far as saying no, my problem is I don't say no enough. There's a book called Boundaries where sometimes you should say no. Um, right now, I'm just whatever offer, opportunities thrown in my way, I'll get on any podcast. I'll speak to any student. I've had to start saying no to people who would like to speak to me without getting paid because I think the problem is – Most people will not take action unless they have something invested in it, whether it's time, whether it's money. So I can give the person the framework, but if they don't have anything invested in it, they won't take action. And it's, you know, let's say, for instance, on the, on the platform Bigger Pockets, you go on there. There's a lot of free information. There's a lot of great information on there. There's a lot of noise on there. But if you're just taking somebody's advice, will you will you, will you really take action on that? Most likely, no. But if you're on a call with Tyler, and Tyler's telling you exactly what to do, and you've got to get on a call two weeks from now, you're going to do all your homework. You're not going to waste your time or Tyler's time or your money, and you're going to take action. So for me, just to say no to stop at telling people to give them advice because it's really hard to give somebody advice on their life in a 20 minute call you don't know somebody because just like like everyone asks me, is this a good deal? Well, what market cycle are you in? What debt component are you using? What's your exit strategy? How are you buying it? And how are you managing it? You can't give somebody an answer without really diving deep into those questions. Does that make sense? It makes a lot
1: of sense. Um, you know, one of the things that I definitely align with is that retirement not being such an inspiring, you know, Ideal, you know. I think that I I always find it fascinating whenever um, you know financial advisors ask me, "Well, you know, when do you want to retire?" and and I think, well, you know, what is it? What do you mean by that? You want me to just rot away? I mean, if you look at the correlation of people who retire and then how quickly they die thereafter, you've got to have purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one thing is one of my big takeaways from from that. But then also, I was talking to someone else recently about you know two books that I read back to back last year called Essentialism and then the Ten X Rule. And back to back, I mean, you you want to talk about diametrically opposed sort of processes there, but living a life of, you know, if you want to 10x everything, I mean, really, you've got to become omnipresent, right? Kind of like what you're doing. You know, you're you're delaying gratification by being on this podcast. I mean, you're not you're not getting paid to be on this podcast, but you're you're being exposed and your message is being is reaching more people. And so you've got to be able to, I guess it's a it's a takeaway for Elevate Nation to realize that. You know, you've got to invest your time. You've also got to invest it wisely. You certainly should be, you know, you should look at things and say, well, you know, I've got to say no to certain things. It does not fit my identity. Like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, you know, what is my identity? Am I a multifamily real estate investor? If I'm investing my time, my energy, my effort, In certain things that are going to further me, you know, for the next decade, the next two decades, then that's worth spending your time on. But otherwise, you know, if you're doing $11 an hour sort of tasks, you know, obviously, at that point, you've got to be questioning that you've got to say no. So I appreciate you sharing that. And um, I'm curious, you know, you as a person, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're talking about a lot about your business and a lot about the systems that you guys have developed, which are highly impressive. I'm curious, you know, in addition to that, What sort of habits have you been able to cultivate that have been highly important for your success?
0: Well, now that I, uh, last year or so, my habits aren't like they were when I really needed to ramp it up. Like I don't have to get up at six o'clock in the morning. I don't have to do a miracle morning. I get up around 7, 7.15. We have now a daily, daily huddle with our with our whole team at 8.45. So every day at 8.45, I'm up down here in St. Augustine. The guys are in Knoxville. And so we all get on a daily huddle. That's really good for, for clarity. For me, I, I just try to schedule out my day. I see what coaching calls I have. And I, I try to work on, on, on the big things, whether they're the, quarterly things. Um, I'm always trying to educate myself on becoming a better salesperson. It's like you said, getting on this podcast. I'm getting in my reps. I'm getting to be a better speaker. I'm practicing that, right? I'm also on the call call with somebody that I really like. So it's for me, it's a win-win. I've got multiple things. I'm actually talking to you what I love to talk to you and I'm also practicing my pitch, right? So that's important. So constantly getting out there and you know what? You're going to look like an idiot. Don't worry about it because we all look like idiots and I still sound like an idiot sometimes, but the only way that I'll get better is by practicing. So I think that's important. I mean, my other habit is just just having grit, just continuing to push through and knowing that I learned this a few months ago. Someone told me, hey, you know, Gino, everyone's out there winging it. If you think that somebody knows what the hell they're doing, they don't know. The vast majority of us are just winging it. So once I realized that, I'm like, you know what? We're doing this education, we're doing two day events, we're doing weekends. We're just learning it. We're winging it like everybody else. So if you can think of it that way, and I think you know when you're starting out in your journey, you just need to read. You just need to read as many books as possible. You need to read different types of books. Um, you need to go and look at other industries. I'll give you an example. My son is working as a busboy. He's 17 years old. Walked into his place. They have 200 employees. This restaurant. They have this ADP onboarding process. I'm like, oh, this is great. We could use this for the property management company. So a restaurant that is not. Part of my industry, I can still take from that industry. I can see how they're talking to in uh, their their uh, customers. I can see certain things that is that are going on in that industry and take it from mine. So I have an open mind when you're going into certain certain industries. And I think honestly, it's either pay to play or seek to serve. If you want to really learn, you have to pay for your education, which is what I did. It Was a huge investment, and this year alone, Jake and I are probably probably over 300 grand just in coaching, consulting, because you don't know how to scale a company until you do it. I mean, Jake loves Game of Thrones. You don't know how to ride a dragon until you ride a dragon. So it's the same thing like real multifamily. You don't know how to buy a multifamily until you buy one or scaling companies. So we're using the scaling up. We're using Petri coaches. We're using the consultant with speaking and all that. That stuff as you see, they're just investments. Once you learn those skills, those skills are with you forever. So figure out what skills you want to learn. If you don't have the money right now, as you start scaling your businesses, put some money aside and start investing in yourself because it'll be well worth the investment.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to realize that, you know, I I love that thought of pay to play or seek to serve because those are the two ways to learn. And, And also, of course, I mean, reading is so, so important. I mean, you've got to be seeking Information and applying it immediately. You know, one thing that I've learned is that if you apply it immediately, you don't have to sit here and remember, well, what did I read? You know, if you just go ahead and act it out and, and make it happen, like you guys always say, that's when it starts to really manifest and start to really anchor in your own understanding and, and in your life. And and also, the thought of, you know, most people are winging it is such a great reminder and, and maybe a great distinction for Elevate Nation to take away because a lot of people don't really realize that. And I don't think I did for a long time either, but as I started to realize, even some of the greatest companies in the world are winging it, you know, there's so many test products, there's so many test services that, that hit the marketplace that like, like you said earlier about an email, it's like, look, just send it out. If we send it out, if we get a bad response, what's the worst that can happen? If we get a bad response, we've got feedback. And that's one thing that, you know, I learned about like failure as an example is it's a, it's a feedback mechanism. It's a way for you to understand how to course correct your own Uh, activity. So, so with that said, I'm curious to know, you know, what, what has been a, a failure that you've experienced that has really set you up for later success?
0: I mean, we all have failures. It all depends what you look I used to look at failures as problems as, as that. Now I look at them as opportunities. I, I think probably the biggest, I don't want to call it a failure, but when I started Gino's Family, uh, it was <clears throat> about five or six years ago, I wrote the cookbook for these Catholic brothers. I would go down and do mission work with them. They didn't know how to cook. So I said, let me write this cookbook. It took a year to write the cookbook. My wife did it, all the pictures. It was a nightmare. I spent a lot of money on it. Then I said to myself, let's start creating Gino's Family. Um, it was really a company that I started doing videos I started doing uh, cooking videos, teaching kids how to garden. I would had a garden, would pick all the vegetables, bring it in with my children, cook with them. And I was starting to do training videos on that. I was creating product sourcing from China. I actually create. I actually hired uh, somebody first time I ever. Spent twenty five thousand dollars for a consultant. I was like, I can't believe it. But I didn't know anything about warehouses in China. I didn't know that China closed in February. I didn't know how to get how to product source any of that stuff so it was amazing learning experience for me that you need to pay you need to pay for certain things if you don't know what you're doing if you want to scale up in that and that company i ordered tons of products put stuff on amazon fba this was back five or six years ago when it was in its infancy and i wouldn't call it a failure i just pivoted because i said you know what I'm not gonna continue with this business, I need to do real estate full time because that's where Jake and I are at. And somebody would have looked at it, like my my mom for example, you spent all that money on the products, you spent all that time, I wrote so many eBooks, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours creating content, but that put me towards creating content for Jake and Gina. I never would have been able to do that to create all these training videos, all these podcasts, all these ideas. So that was definitely a failure but it led to my next success, so it depends how you look at it. I could have quit and said, "Man, I ain't doing this ever again." I spent all my time on a venture that I didn't make any money at. But it led, I think at the same time, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have the platform or the ideas to be able to build Jake and Gino. So, I love
1: how you know people like yourself and most successful people have the identity of, well, you know, it wasn't really a failure if I look back on it. You know, I actually learned, and I was able to pivot, and I was able to apply those learnings towards what led me, led me to success. So, you know, it's funny because if you ask people who don't have that identity, you know, they're dwelling upon that failure, you know, they're uh, about it. And my gosh, it's, you know, we wasted so much time
0: and I wasted so much effort and they're just, they're still in that space. My mom is amazing, Tyler, right? I love my mother. But she's still talking about the money that I lost back in 2006, $172,000 with a mobile home park. If I was stuck there, I would never next buy my next deal, which was just as bad. But then meet Jake and continue on. And that, that pain from making that mistake of investing that money with a person that I shouldn't have, it wasn't the horse. It was the jockey that I made the mistake. The horse was fine. He ended up screwing that up. But The sponsor itself. If I didn't learn that mistake and I didn't learn to chunk down and to focus and to hire a coach, never would have gotten to where I am right now. So some people can't let go. And if you can't let go, you're going to live a miserable life. So I'm glad I was able to do that. I think about that guy now and I feel sorry for him actually, because he's a crook. um, He's incompetent. He's a buffoon. And I say to myself, I'm so glad that I had that opportunity to lose money with him because I've made it tenfold with refining and rolling. I, I actually probably thank him because I actually got serious and said, "You know what? I'm not doing real estate this way. I'm going to learn myself." It wasn't his fault that I didn't get on a plane and go do my due diligence. It wasn't his fault that he's doing a syndication. I didn't know what a syndication was back then. I should have gotten papers. That was all on me. Take responsibility for yourself. You're the one. I'm the one who made that mistake. He's the crook. He's the criminal. But I didn't have to do the deal with him. That's that's my learning lesson. So do your due diligence and take responsibility for all your actions.
1: Yeah. And, and, and take extreme ownership, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just because someone else didn't do the right thing doesn't mean that there's no fault that you had. You know, mm-hmm. if, I think if you can take that mentality of having extreme ownership and realizing that, you know, ultimately the results that occur in your life are up to you, no matter That's what right. happens. I think it's an amazing yeah. distinction. And also, you know, the fact that, sometimes it's a blessing for perhaps even in real estate or, or whatever business you're in to have a, a early failure like that to kind of really tighten you up. Because if you, mm-hmm. if you start, if you lead off with too much massive success, you start to get this big head and you start to realize, wait a minute, you just got lucky, you know? So <laughs> what a blessing uh-huh. to look back and say that as well. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a lot of the, a lot of what we've talked about so far, Gino, has been, you know, your, your dedication to investing in yourself, whether it's coaches, mentors, consultants, i 'm um, curious to know you know maybe maybe it 's within that space or outside of that space you know who are some role models that you 've really looked up to or modeled your business after
0: that's that 's a good question i mean role models. Um, oh my wife first and foremost she's she actually knew what she wanted to do she wanted to get married have kids and raise a family so um, and she stuck with it because nowadays in this in this day and age it's really hard to stay home with six kids and we homeschool our kids and, and the proof is in the pudding so you have that delayed gratification you don't know that you're doing a great job until they start getting older and start going off and start having those interactions so that's a difficult that's a difficult endeavor and the reason why she was really successful at it is because she had clarity that's what she wanted to do so um, and being was support me and in, in doing what I wanted to do and helping me out. That was that was great. I mean, all the other uh, authors and you know you t- you think of Napoleon Hill and you think of Tony Robbins and I like Zig Ziglar, um, Jim Rome. I, I've read them all. I think they're all you know great. Dale Carnegie. Uh, just start reading those books and take one a week and just listen to them. Get If you're not a reader, get on Audible, listen to them, start continuing to fill your mind with those positive messages, get off the news because all it is is divisive and it all is, is we're dumbing ourselves down because I mean, I don't want to bring in, politics. But how can somebody say we're going to spend $16 trillion and it's going to pay for itself and really take that person seriously? So there's no reason to listen to any of that stuff because it doesn't make any sense to me. If it doesn't add value to your life, it's taking away value from your life. It's actually taking space up in your brain. So stop listening to that. and Start listening to positive messages and start resonating with people that you like because there's a lot of people out there that are really putting out positive stuff and just putting out stuff for you to grow. So um, those are the, probably the big guys that I, that I love listening to.
1: That's awesome. And you know, I think it's so important to realize as well that your mind is the most fertile ground on the planet, right? And mm-hmm. so if you allowed negative seeds to be planted in there, you're gonna get negative results. And so you've got to, you know, you've really got to guard the gates of your mind, you know, because mm-hmm. what goes in there really starts to manifest in your life. And I think that's a it's a really great distinction. You know, one thing I did years ago really probably three or four years ago was really just turn off the news. No more notifications. I don't want to know about it because it's all it's all negative news and it's designed to get people to do things that really enhance the value of these media outlets at the end of the day. I mean- -hmm. Uh, And obviously, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot more that goes into that. Perhaps that's a conversation for a rainy day. But um, you know, I want to move into goals, uh, and 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 I know you're such a goal 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 goal-oriented person because of everything you've been able to accomplish. Obviously, you wouldn't have been able to do that without intention. So I'm curious to know, you know, what's a goal that you have been very proud to have accomplished over the last 12 months? I know we talked about really kind of pivoting into the syndication space, but beyond that, I'm curious what else you've been really proud of accomplishing?
0: That's a great question. I haven't really, I haven't really planted any goals in the last couple of years. Once I became financially free three years ago, I really didn't say to myself, well, I need to do this or I need to do that. My, you know, I don't want to latch onto any goals because I think a goal is an outcome for me now and I don't want to latch onto that outcome because if I don't hit that goal, or that outcome, I'm going to be really annoyed to be really upset. And then if I do, okay, what's next? So I want to fall in love, as James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits, I want to fall in love with that process process of, okay, for me, onboarding Jake and Gino students, for me, having students close their first deal, for me, getting on a great coaching call, all those things are going to lead for lead us to become more successful in the education space, which leads for us to sign up more students, which makes us more profitable, which brings on more students, which I enjoy. So that whole process of falling in love with that. And the same thing with real estate, the real estate process of hunting down that deal, underwriting that deal, getting the investors on board, all that stuff. If we continue to do that and continue to go into markets and continue to network with brokers and continue to expand our horizons, if you fall in love with that process, you're ultimately gonna hit that goal of whether it's taking down on another deal, signing up 10 more students, signing up 30 more investors, whatever it is for us is just to continue to grow and continue to scale and make those companies work together. So I don't really have any monetary or any number goals. Cause I know when I focus on making more money, it doesn't really work. When I focus on helping more people, it sounds cliche, and corny, but it really is the thing. When you go out there and you do a talk or presentation and you don't have anything, any mindset of getting anything, just helping people out. Usually those people end up coming back. And if they need the help and they want the help and they're qualified, to work with us, they'll sign up with us. So that's, that's basically how I've, how I've been looking at goals. Now, when I started out five or six years ago, really wanting to become financially free, I had those weekly goals. I, you know, the weekly goals of what I need to do, how many units I wanted to get done by the end of the year, what my passive income numbers were. And I just kept that going ahead and said to myself, this is what I'm looking for. But once you achieve it, and, and that's the thing, I think people have said to me that success is a feeling how you feel. An achievement is what you've achieved. Okay, you've got 100 units, but how do you feel by taking those 100 units down? And my thing with life coaching was every time I did something, I didn't feel like I achieved anything, and I felt like a little void. You're climbing the mountain. You're looking at the hill You're looking at the peak of the mountain but you're still climbing. You're not enjoying that climb. You're not saying, well, I just went 100 feet more instead of saying, I've got 100 feet to go. So just enjoy that climb. That's what I'm trying to do now. I think that's what people need to focus on. They'll enjoy the path more and they'll really feel more energized when they get to that goal. It's like, wow, I finally accomplished it. This is great. You know, look at the Patriots. Every year the Patriots win the Super Bowl. They don't look like they're having fun. I mean, whether it is or it isn't, they're getting ready for next year. And that's what champions do, I guess. But at least step back, enjoy the season, enjoy the process, enjoy winning. And then, okay, let's get going. So I think people get caught up in getting winning the Super Bowl, but not that journey towards it, not after. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, and
1: I think one there is a distinction here. There's many distinctions, but one that I'm getting is that you know once you get to a certain point, it, you you actually become transformed as an individual, and so you don't have to continuously be saying, "Well, you know, this is my specific outcome," because you are open to many huge outcomes. And one of the things, like I read a book years ago called. You know the magic of thinking big, and I and what the reason why I bring that up is because you know as you mentioned here, a goal is an outcome, and if you latch onto one specific outcome, you know perhaps there are other larger outcomes that you maybe have foregone, foregone. And so um, you know I really think a lot about that in terms of thinking big. You know if you can think as big as possible, you know maximize that and go even bigger. Um, and and I think that that's kind of where you're going. But but um, you know I'm curious beyond that, you know from a much bigger Vision,
0: you know what? What's the driving force behind what you do? Do you know? That's a good. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I just like what I'm doing. I finally found something in life for the last couple of years that I really like. What I'm doing. I like getting on calls. I like growing these businesses. I like talking to Jake every day. I like going on conferences. I like speaking to investors. I like speaking to brokers and all those activities. If you're doing them really well they'll make you more money. So that's why I want everyone to focus on becoming financially free because once you start making value based decisions and decisions, not just monetarily, you can think long-term. you can defer making money today and and buying a 50 unit and having to do a value add for 18 months, not getting paid. But after 18 months, you're gonna make a ton of money. So becoming financially free and having those options is really, is really excellent. And then, um, I live in St. Augustine, Florida, so it's like vacation land down here every day, so I don't need to go on vacation. I don't need to vacate. It seems like people who are really miserable need to go on vacation to get away from their life. I don't want to get away from my life. I love it down here. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to go anywhere. I still go to the beach and it's still going to be October. So I, you know, I like that. So um, just I just love being on the call. I love helping people out. That's, that's, my, that's my end goal. Yeah, well, you're just a magnetic guy because it it, it emanates from you.
1: You know, your identity, it comes through so clearly of just somebody who's joyful, who's having a lot of fun, you know, who's doing what he was meant to do. And I think that that's such a calling for Elevate Nation to realize is that, you know, when you are there, you're going to know that and you may be there right now and you're going to feel that in your gut. You're going to feel that in your soul, in your heart because, you know, it's meant for you, it's waiting for you. And you've got to take that plunge, you've got to take massive action to get there, because no one's going to give it to you. But once you do that, the rewards are all on the other side of your fear. And, and I think that's, that's a big takeaway. And so, you know, we're, what I want to do now is I want to dive into our kind of our rapid fire section here. And what we call is our rare air questionnaire. And the reason why we call it that is because, you know, like Gino, you know, Gino is the type of guy who has theoretically climbed this mountain, and he's continuing to climb the mountain, and most people gave up way back there and, and the air was not that rare at that point. It wasn't that hard to breathe, but their legs were starting to get a little bit tired and you know, they just weren't as committed to it. But but Gino has been so committed to you know, to stepping into this life. And so what I wanna dive into now, and we've talked about, you know, several books here, but I'm curious to know, you know, what is the most impactful book that you've ever read and why?
0: Well, it's funny. I don't, I don't know if this is the most impactful, but you said something really that was really caught my eye, my eye, sole purpose. I think people should read the book killing sacred cows by Garrett Gunderson because he talks about the abundance mentality and the scarcity mentality. And it's not a really real estate book. He's really bashes 401ks. He bashes the traditional financial model, which I think is great, but he talks about sole purpose in that book. So I think that's something that your, your uh, community should really listen to it resonate because just because you retire with $2 million in the bank and you're a pauper because you're worried that that money's going to run out. You don't want to live a life like that. You want to live a life of abundance. You want to make your money matter. As Cole Hatter says, just because you're making money doesn't make a difference, but make your money matter. Whether you want to spend it with your family, whether you want to donate it, whether you want to just continue to grow your business, whatever that is, give your money meaning and purpose. And having that abundance mentality is, is, is just is awesome. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Spending time with my kids. Um, I love to spend time with my kids, whether it's going for a walk at night, whether it's saying prayers with them before I go to bed, just being thankful. Um, and for me, that, that's the best way for me. I mean, and, and, you know, those daily huddles every morning with my team, I just like getting on the call and seeing what everyone else is doing, seeing that everyone else is growing. And just, I don't want to see you move the ball forward, but really every day taking steps towards getting better.
1: Yeah. And, and what really emanates again from you is such its purpose, you know, and it's doing things for the right reasons. It's it's doing things for that outcome of being able to spend time with your kids, being able to, you know, be thankful for them and pray with them and those kind of things, which are really ultimately the most important thing. So, so I think that's great. Um, and I'm curious, you know, obviously you're doing so many things to elevate others around you, but, but how else do you elevate other people around you other than some of the things that we've already
0: talked about today? I mean, you know, whether you have to pay for somebody, that's the great thing about being financially free. If you wanna fly a friend down here for vacation, pay for the vacation. If you wanna, you know, donate to focus missionary, donate to focus. I don't have to worry about it. And, and that's funny. So when you get more money you become more financially free, you're gonna become more the person you were. If you were a jerk without money, you're gonna be a bigger jerk with your money. If you were if you were more generous when you had less money, you're gonna be more generous when you have more money so focus on what you want to do with it it's not all yours to keep we're stewards as Dave Ramsey says we're stewards of our money so don't be wasteful of that you know of it so um, just helping people out I mean like I said I will get on the call I'm gonna get on the call with somebody in a few minutes and he wants to pick my brain picking my brain is not much to pick to be completely honest with you but you know just giving words of advice and saying you know this is what I did maybe you can do it this way and, and just giving people words of encouragement um, and you know just being there for people I, I love i love to do that i love to be on get on calls and just help people out
1: Gino, you know you're an awesome guy man i, I really appreciate you yeah. spending time with us today and uh, you have definitely helped out many many people today with just who you are and, and i think this is such a great reminder for elevate nation is that you've got to de- develop that identity you've got to become someone who leads with that giving heart and you're, you're somebody who's not always looking to take, but you're looking to just give without any expectation of anything in return. And really, that's who Gino is. And Gino, thanks again for being with us today. And uh, how can Elevate Nation, uh, you know, continue to stay in touch with you?
0: Real easy. com. Go on the website. You'll see uh, on the iTunes channel, you have a Jake and Gino channel. There's four podcasts. We do weekly. I do one with my wife, which is called the Multi-Family Zone. I think people should check it out, working with your spouse. It's a tough one, um, but we, we dive into family. We dive into communication because my wife's a life coach also, so that's a great way. And now, October 19th and 20th, we have a live event in Orlando, so it's going to be a great conference between five and 600 multifamily investors out there. No pitch fest. It's just really getting to, I mean, we have Eric Thomas, you know, number one motivational speaker speaking there. We've got Rick Sapio who's going to be speaking there. We've got some really high level people and our entire team out there teaching the buyer right, manage right, and finance right.
1: Yeah, I love it. And uh, definitely visit uh, jakeandgino.com for more information on the Multifamily Mastery live event in October, uh, October 19th and 20th in Orlando, Florida, correct? Yep. And you can get tickets there and... Um, Gino, thanks again, man. Uh definitely want to appreciate, uh, definitely want to let you know how much we appreciate you. And, and I want to remind Elevate Nation that repetition is the key to learning, obviously, you know, in addition to applying immediately. So you want to go ahead and, you know, replay this episode, take notes, take action, share this with someone else as well. Again, like we said in the beginning, if you appreciate what we're doing, please subscribe, uh, leave us a, leave us a rating and a review. We'd certainly appreciate that. And at the end of the day, it's all about taking massive action, just like, just like Gino has been doing, just like his team has been doing, take massive action and, and claim your life that you're meant for your purpose. And so uh, until next time, we really appreciate it. We'll see you then. And Take care. Uh,
0: thank you for listening to elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate review, subscribe and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learn. For more, visit TylerChesser.com.